Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, John. Aww. Free wine delivery. God What's bless you, that? my son. You are doing the Lord's work. You I are. <laughs> Smart man. Well, cheers to that. Cheers to that. It's all downhill from here. Hell yeah. We're back with another episode. Yay. Yay. Let's see if we can really spike it into the red. <laughs> no, we shouldn't do that. Um, so I'm back. Emma's back. I'm back. We're back. We're here. Whether you like it or not. Boo is out of the room, which is upsetting. Actually. It's probably for the best. Is she right there? She's right here. Oh, God. She's, Don't she's so silent. the beast. <laughs> oh, no. Don't do it. I'm sorry, Boo. I didn't know. I'm so sorry. I feel like no matter how much I wash my hands after I have wings. I Never. Smell. But I don't know if it's my hands. I think it's actually my face. Because <laughs> I'm a you... lady. <laughs> I'm such a lady. But if it makes you feel better, I feel the same way because those Brussels sprouts had honey on it. Yeah. And like, I feel like Winnie the Pooh <laughs> after a bender. Honey. <laughs> after a bender. <laughs> his blood sugar's through the roof and he's on a rampage. Speaking of which. Okay. Yes. So have you seen those trailers? What is it? Of Blood and Honey? No. Okay. But I listened to, there's a, do you know what Dragula is? Yes. Um, the Boulay brothers have a podcast called, I think it's called Creatures of the Night. Okay. And they will do horror movie reviews and they talk about ser- horror series that are on TV and stuff. And they talked about that movie and it sounded like it wasn't as good as they had hoped. See, and here's the thing. Uh-huh. I didn't know it was actually supposed to be a movie. Oh. I thought it was a joke trailer. Oh. <laughs> I mean, you know, to like be fair, how, it looks like one. Exactly. It's yeah. like those things where they take sleep, Sleepless in Seattle and yeah. they turn it into like a stalker yes. movie. That's exactly what I thought this was. Oh, I and then seen that. That's good. I'm just strolling along yeah. on Shutter the other day and I'm like, what is this? What mm-hmm. is this? I did not watch it. I don't even know where. I don't know if you can stream it yet. I know when it was out in theaters, you couldn't stream it. But it came out around the same time as Cocaine Bear, which I also really want to see. Yes. Because there was that great My Favorite Murder uh, episode where they talked about a cocaine bear. A bear getting into a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> that, and there's a great animation that somebody did for it. The guy that does the My Favorite Murder animations, whose name I can't remember now, but he's wonderful. <laughs> they're like my favorite. They're my favorite thing. and I love the Cocaine Bear one. So... I gotta see both of those movies and Possession, and oh, the Possession or Possession? no, 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 it's just Possession because the Possession is the one from 2012 or 13, something like about that. the Dybbuk yeah. box, yeah, which is not a real thing. Did you know that? Wait, what? Okay, the guy who originally created the story in the eBay listing. Uh huh. I learned this from the Haunted Objects, uh, Greg and Dana Newkirk's Haunted Objects podcast. So Mm -hmm. shout out to them because they're amazing and I love everything they do. Um, They did a whole episode about Dybbuk boxes. And I had come across a lot of things where people were saying there's absolutely nothing in the world about Dybbuk boxes before this story came out about this one Dybbuk box. Interesting. And not being a big researcher myself, being much more of the, I read it on reddit mm-hmm. school of the intaker if you will the guy that had originally made the ebay post to mm-hmm. sell the dipic box and i come up with a whole backstory about like finding it in an estate sale and it gave his mother a stroke and all this stuff um came out and said i know for a fact that there is no nothing about dipic boxes before that listing because i made it all up so everything's a lie everything is a lie i hate this and it took 10 years for it to no more than that i forget when that listing was i started 
Because I think the first thing I heard about it was maybe it was it was maybe Jim Harold's paranormal podcast. I was really hoping like, you were gonna say Jim Henson. Jim I was like, I'm into this 100. percent I would love to see Jim Henson's The Possession. Can oh, you imagine? My God, my brain just went to a place. It's beautiful. You should come there. But I still want. Um, oh, what's that guy's name? Shit, who played the dad in that movie? He's Patrick got, Wilson? No. No. He's got, that was the other franchise. He's got three names. He also played the dad in Supernatural. But I think he could still be in it because you know how like Muppet, really the classic Muppet movies always have humans interacting <laughs> oh, with absolutely. them. absolutely. I feel like we could put him in it. We could put Kira Sedgwick in it because she was in it too. <gasps> oh my God. Um, yes. But like, I mean, I wouldn't make Animal be the daughter that was possessed, but maybe he could be the <laughs> demon that crawled out of her eventually. <laughs> Can the other daughter be Janice? Yes. <laughs> I would love that. The Dybbuk box is actually Sweetums. Yeah. <laughs> all the, he, all the, the rabbis that he tries to talk to about it that don't want to talk to him would be that big eagle who's just like, you are all weirdos. And oh, then goes back inside. My God. Who would be um, Modest Yahoo, the guy that actually, I take that back. That's, that's Sweetums. Is that Sweetums? That's Sweetums. <laughs> yes. I love it. Oh. So... I have three interviews that I did three years ago. So I'm going to go ahead and apologize to those people because <laughs> it has been a very long time since I said, hey, I'm going to I'm going to put you on this podcast that I decided to do because I'm bored and COVID is everywhere. And then I just didn't do it. So we're going to be hearing from first Sean Hammy Hamilton, who was an electrician on uh, the Book of Mormon, the first national tour of Book of Mormon, where Emma and I met. Um, he has a few stories from other theaters, not that, and not anything from when we were on tour together, but from a couple of spots he's worked in. Uh, and then Vera Pizzarelli, who was the props master on the Latter Day Tour, and is a goddamn treasure. Oh my She's god, like a good bourbon drinking buddy. Yes. Um, and then. Last, but certainly not least, is a woman named Sarah Waghorn, who was, she was one of the locals that stitched for us when Book of Mormon was in Ottawa for the first time, I believe. And we were only there for a week. No, maybe we were there for two weeks. In Ottawa? Two weeks. Yeah, because we had a day off in there. Mm -hmm. Um, She was fantastic, and she's got good stories. So I was very happy to speak to her. I haven't talked to her since then, but it was nice to talk to her. Like, Because I did all of these at the beginning of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting, like, re-listening to them to, like, get caught up with people at, during at that time and just see where everybody is. So I need, I will hopefully be reaching out to people to catch up. Bless you. Bless you. Um, but shout out to Hammy and Vera and Sarah. Thank you guys for Thank contributing you. this. And I'm going to start with Mr. Hamilton. Excellent. All right, Hammy, what do you got for us? Let's see what we got. Hey, everyone. Quick note about these interviews. I did these in September and October of 2020. I have no background as a recording engineer. I'm doing what I can, but the audio quality is not great. My apologies. I hope to improve as time goes by. And a brief trigger warning at For this first story, there is a brief mention of suicide. So be prepared. Back to the stories. So tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. What do you, what do you do in theater world? Well, my name is Sean Hamilton. Um, I uh, am a touring uh, stagehand. I tour um, uh, shows as an electrician. Um, 
and typically a follow spot operator. So what we do is uh, we handle a big, huge instrument of, of light and point it at the stage of whatever actor that we are picking up. And sometimes it's just an object. So yeah. And uh, a lot of times you get, because because we have to crawl through rafters and through ceilings and through catacombs that we uh, <laughs> see some funky stuff and some weird stains and then ask about them and yeah. So you have, you have a starting point for some really interesting stories. Cause like, I always hated going in those places. Like I'm a little, I don't, I'm not great with heights. Going up to a grid is kind of out of the question for me. So like, I imagine you get to see some things aside from just ghosts. Like I've heard stories about people kind of like homeless people ending up living in parts of the theater that. That has happened to see. So, Abandoned yeah. theaters slash theaters that have been dark for a while. I wonder what's going to happen yeah. when go back to work. <laughs> Do you know of any like costume? There were some uh, issues, I think. And I know most of the problems we faced had to do with anything that had elastic in it. Okay. Have so you ever- all of Spooky Mormon. <laughs> yeah, oh God. <laughs> Shockingly, a lot of that stuff was kind of okay. A lot of the waistbands and like the baptism pants. Oh no. Have you ever pulled on really old crunchy elastic? Oh God. It's it's one of my least favorite it's, experiences. Ooh. It's It's almost as bad as like, Taking something apart that has foam in it and mm -hmm. discovering that the foam has completely disintegrated. It's disgusting. The only way that I can equate that in my world, because I hate it so much, is... Oh, God, even thinking about it just makes me... <laughs> Touching frosted glass. Oh! Oh, God, it's the worst. I, oh, yeah. It makes my spine shake. Yes. I just... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, back to Back Hammy. to Hammy. So let's get into your story. What, what, what did you hear? What did you... Okay, so my in Macon, Georgia, which is in kind of like the almost the center-ish of the state of Georgia. Mm. Hometown of Gray Henson, I believe. Say yes, Gray Henson. <laughs> home. Yeah. yeah. Good old Gray. <laughs> yes. Uh, so the Macon Grand Opera House in downtown Macon. Um, very old, built in the 1800s. Mm -hmm. And they... Um, so old to the point of they had uh, separate seating for folks of color. Oh dear. Yes, and still there, but not active to this day. They have not renovated to oh um, to update that space upstairs. Now that is also the home oh. of the control booth up there, where the follow spots are, and happen to be also where the house lighting board, where their little computer board is. Okay. That controls all the lights. And I took a, uh, a walk up there and the way to get there is uh, not a way that any um, patrons would be allowed to go. Uh, I took a walk up there and uh, very dark lights, quote unquote, not working. Oh no. <laughs> yep. To the point of there's, it. this is uh, known in the local uh people there uh, they have expressed the story i i because i mentioned well why don't we just change out the lights folks we're electricians we can do that <laughs> we have the technology we have we can make <laughs> this happen we so they would say the same thing a lot of them said the same thing of we change them out and then a day later they don't work um hmm. as uh, the some of the locals have told stories of um 
them going up to fix light bulbs and um, they would just be unscrewed a little bit. Oh. And then that would happen over time. Once you screw it back in, how, why would it come unscrewed? And right. over time again, a couple months later, thought we just go back up. It was unscrewed again. So is that mostly what it was? It wasn't necessarily that the light was burned out all of a sudden, just unscrewed. Just unscrewed. Hmm. Hmm. Right? That's uncomfortable. <laughs> uh-huh. So I'm all alone up there during uh, this. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> all alone. I'm programming some stuff in their light board because I'm using all their instruments. I'm not, I didn't travel with any package. And uh, so I'm just plucking away. Uh, turning on stage lights, turning off stage lights, all the things. And you just hear all the creaks and groans of the theater. That's when you get out. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then your mind gets to you, but you know. It yeah. just... That's why I don't think it's just a gentle breeze in there <laughs> all the time. It's just a gentle breeze. 24-7. <laughs> then uh, there is a... There is a big red, reddish brownish stain on the floor that I did ask some of the the house staff and said, "Now hang on, what you know, what what was that? What's the story on that?" Nope, absolutely. What are these ghosts doing? Arts and crafts went red, went bad. That's better than what I was thinking. <laughs> they have tried with several different types of cleaners in, mm-hmm. in the theater tech realm. Realm we just have a lot of cleaners, as you know. Yeah. On hand. Um, yeah. And they have just tried everything and it just won't come up. Some other folks have mentioned that they've seen footprints in the same vein um, and coloring. Is it snow? Yeah, right? Maybe it's really dusty? I didn't ask. So it wasn't like a humongous thing. It was just like a little puddle. Yeah. Yeah. There is. Uh, so. The locals also did tell a couple stories of uh, the Macon Grand Opera House is home to two uh, spirits. Um, One of them um, is more, I think, the more popular story um, of a woman in white. Always. Oh, sure. That they see or that has been spotted. I, not personally by myself, but what the locals Mm. told me. that um, fire marshals have gone in over time to do a fire watch Mm -hmm. overnight just because everything in that building is quite old and it's been um, it's in desperate need of a a renovation sure but um, uh, because the second story on this I'll get to you'll see (laughs) why but the but this woman in white is uh, some of the uh, fire marshals have stated they won't go back Really? Was I haunted just then? I Was that the woman in white? Oh my God, I think it was. To do a fire watch. They're like, no, no, I'll pass. We can pass it off to somebody else. Oh no. They'll see her, but she's, uh, the, they hear soprano voice singing kind of things. Aw, of course they're always sopranos. Fucking sopranos. And then yeah. they're around thinking who's in the building singing because it's right. a house, right? <laughs> Some have said to have seen an apparition of uh, this woman in white, uh, and as soon as they they spot her, she tends to disappear. That seems odd. Sopranos are not usually shy. No, absolutely not. Them and tenors, yeesh. 
So that was uh, one of the cool, of course they tell me this before they say, hey, so we're going to go back downstairs and do other things. Uh, you good up here? Just radio us if you need it. No, that's not okay. <laughs> I just need somebody to hold my hand. Did they leave you a teddy bear or something at least? Something? <laughs> I said just I want something cuddly. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so uh, so that one is one of the stories that they have told. And then there was another one. Um, and I, I had to look this one up after they mentioned this because uh, it happened in the 70s. Okay. In the 1970s, not the 18. Sure. 1970s um, that one of their managing directors um, uh, committed suicide in the building. Oh, no. Um, they I didn't really ask why, and I yeah, huh? Uh, um, but the, where he committed suicide is where is one of the places that they desperately need renovations from. So right above the stage oh, okay. in the grid. Oh, good. Yeah. Oh. That grid up there is not steel; it's all wooden, a wooden oh, grid. So you're thinking, oh, that's oh wow. And yeah, hung himself. Oh my God. They found him hanging. Um, Jesus. Back in the 70s. So yeah. Um, but you have a grid that's all wooden. You would think some of it would have given way at the shock value or at the shock load weight of a person, yeah. but it could have been above anyway. They, yeah. Interesting. It, I'm just wondering about hanging lights from a wooden grid. Well, they do have a couple I-beams up there. So okay. when you do hang your your um, uh, motors, uh, there's a couple I-beams up there. There's not a lot of... Okay, so it might be tight. So yeah, very... Whew. Nothing during shows. Does he do anything during shows ever? I haven't personally heard anything during shows, but mm. if he is yeah, haunting the place, like, nah, we don't need to bring the audience into this, but I'm going to scare the hell out of the crew <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. Another time. <laughs> that's eerie i wonder how the theater was doing at that point if it was like not doing well is it a roadhouse is it something that a lot of shows go yes it, it is a roadhouse uh it has uh it, it, it was home to harry houdini for many many uh of oh that's cool so and they there they have shown that uh places where they've cut away in the floor for wood uh for trap doors okay for harry houdini's act and it was specifically for houdini's acts uh that no he didn't use tricks he was magic dang right he was a magician <laughs> i mean shoot there goes the magic that's creepy though i love i love a good crawl space story or you know the catwalk or the grid like anytime you're in sort of an enclosed dusty place exactly of course you're going to imagine all kinds of possibilities and then when you hear stories about that right before you're alone in there it just makes your mind go at your, your thought yeah yeah that's no good the whole thought processes just changes and oh, <laughs> i wonder if oh get back to work get back to work yeah 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 just just focus on these like two square feet in front of me Nowhere else. <laughs> Who's coming up to see me, Radio Down? Anybody coming up the stairs? No, what do you need? Uh, need another pair of underwear? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so. All right. That was Sean Hammy Hamilton. Um, Good old Hammy. It's pretty, ta like, it's, it's, it's the kind of ghost story that I 
feel like there were a couple of venues that I heard spooky stories and one of them was the Fox in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, what was the other one? There was and, another one where they definitely had like a theater ghost that they like to talk about. Yeah. But I, I feel remember, like but. I feel like there are a couple theaters, or maybe there's one specific theater, and I can't mm. the mind or the the name eludes me right now. Yes, but um, like I've heard that story before of where it was a theater back in the day where they had separate seating sections, yeah, and there was something like maybe it was a movie theater. Oh, but sure. There was a big fire, mm. and they didn't let anybody out from the top. Oh so God! It was all the white people that got out, oh, but man. all the African Americans burned alive. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, but and sadly, so typical. Right. Oh, it's terrible. Way to go, America! Yeah, you're swell. Good job. Good job, everyone. Well, there was the first episode I did was about the uh, I can't remember what it's called now. It used to be called the Oriental, but in Chicago, where they're, which is on the site of I believe, is it the Iroquois Theater, where there was a big movie theater fire wait was it a movie theater this is a great story that i'm telling there was a big fire (laughs) and it opened it it happened not too long after this theater that was like fireproof open that they were like advertising as being like super safe and so many people died because I'm, I'm was, not laughing at the people, dying. but it's, it's but of like, course it's like that arrogance. It's it's like it's the, the Titanic, Titanic is yes, unsinkable. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yeah. My my friend Patrick had worked there, and if you if you have listened to the show, it's like episode one for everybody listening. If you go way back to episode one, Patrick Johnson tells a delightful story, and you can hear my very poor audio quality editing skills but he's an excellent storyteller and he tells a story about something he saw a couple things he saw in that theater and in talking to the locals um which are the local crew that are working on the show they would ask him like oh who did you see like like uh, yeah of course you saw a ghost but which one like (laughs) no so uh that's me just says you know we're a little too comfortable with this (laughs) have we brought in I don't know, a mystic or something to have a seance or something and be like, you know what? I release you from this place. Yeah. Your time is done. Yeah. I'm curious about that, though, because I feel like in a lot of those cases, like I kind of really enjoy the idea of if you're comfortable here, you know what? Hang out. I won't bother you if you don't bother me. But there are some, you know, stipulations that like there are some lines you shouldn't cross. But like if you want to exist here, Mm -hmm. you exist here and that's great. However, I feel like in a situation like that where hundreds of people died suffering horribly, are they happy there? I like, can't is it imagine something... that they are. Like, right? unless they hit, like, you know, how many years has it been? It's been... 110, So, like, you maybe? know, you get to, like, remember. 101, yeah. and the ghosts are finally like, you know what, I accept this. Yeah. But everything before that was just... Yeah, yeah. But I feel like the idea that you could say, like, you know how people will say, if I die, I want to come back and haunt this place. I want to do this. I want to do this. And then the idea that like all of these people who died in a given location still haunt there. That leads me to think that it's more about energy mm-hmm. and not about choice. Exactly. And actual like. Yes. Uh, voluntary consciousness. Right. You know. So that's interesting to me that people will stick around in a place where they absolutely don't want to be 
And it's like, it usually has to be associated with some very strong emotion. Right, exactly. For somebody to stick around. It's either, I was always very happy here. This was her favorite place, so I can smell her perfume when I walk into the room. Something like that. Or, 400 people burned to death in this theater. Right, exactly. So you're tethered to this place yeah. that actually is traumatic. Yes. And I mean, that's what's really terrifying yeah. to me. You can't get that release and there's yes. no... How do, how do you expel that energy? There's yeah. no... Especially conclusion. when it was on such a big scale. Right, yeah. Because I don't think there is a solution to things like that. And I feel like the people that will come in and say, I can fix this for you are probably lying. Right. So it's, it's very concerning to me that like there are... There's this energy that might be suffering, but how do we know the energy has a consciousness? Exactly. You know? Because if it is a residual thing, which I feel like a lot of times that kind of thing is, Mm -hmm. like, how do we know it? Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's just going to keep replaying until it runs out. Yeah. All right. So. So on to. On to Miss Vera. Who I texted recently because I hadn't talked to her in a while. And I was just like, she's good. It was just the briefest of of texting exchanges. Mm. But it was nice to. I just wanted to be like. Hey, hey, I haven't talked to you in a while. I miss your face. All right, here's <laughs> Vera Pizzarelli. Want to hear a ghost story? Oh my God, I do. So this is Vera Pizzarelli. I am a um, props person, um, primarily touring on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, I have um, worked on Broadway and done plenty of summer stock theater and regional theater. Um, and my ghost story really has to do with an experience that I had at Westport Country Playhouse, which is a summer stock theater company. How long ago, how long ago did the story take place? It happened in the early 90s. It was a very haunting time. It was for me. I was like a preteen. <laughs> God, that's awful. It's just, <laughs> just prime new kids on the block time for me. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> oh, it could have been the late 80s, early 90s. I think it was like around 90 or 91. And so what happened was, you know, for being the props person on a summer stock theater is like beg, borrow, steal. So I, and usually what I would do is when we we're doing a show, I would borrow, um, in a, borrow a prop in exchange for free advertisement in the program. Sure. So we were doing me and my girl and I needed two 1930s barber chairs. So um, I found this place that had really cool chairs. They let me borrow them for the advertisement. I attached them to a rolling platform. Okay. So now where they parked off stage left, where, they, where their storage was, was at the top of the stage left stairs, they would be like if you walked up that stairs they would be in, in right in front of you okay so i was just going um after the show was over i was just going up to up the stairs just to check on things make sure everything was okay get to the top of the stairs and sitting in one of the barber chairs was an old slender man he had a mustache and a beard he had a top hat on a frock coat he spats He had his legs crossed, he had a cane, and he just looked at me and smiled. And I was like, whoa, "Uh, am I I really seeing a ghost here? (laughs) So you saw a full figure, you saw like, and it looked like a solid person. It did look like a solid person. And he just smiled at me and he tipped his top hat. Oh, (laughs) and then I was like thinking, 
wow, this is really freaky, cool. And then I knew, I knew once I turned around and went downstairs, I knew he would disappear, but I had uh -huh. to tell someone anyways. But um, that was the only ghost I've ever seen. That's a pretty good one though. Cause a lot of times yeah. it's, I saw a shadow, there was a mist, I saw an orb. You're like, no. I saw spats. I saw a person. I saw spats. Yeah. Oh my God. Get out of my head from I, three years ago. Am I psychic? You might be. Yes. Backward psychic. Because that was a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, I he looked like, you know, the late 1890s, you know, he lit in, the, in just that period. You know, and, and you just, weren't you weren't terrified. You were just like, wow, this is this is cool. I, well, I was like at first, I was like, oh my god, and I'm like, mm -hmm. what? Are, am I seeing a ghost? I think I'm seeing a ghost. And then, but you know, and then I thought about, you know, when you bring in objects, mm. that people, some people are are, you know, have been attracted to that object. Yeah. So where that object is is where they're going to appear. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I thought about. Wow, I imagine this guy, you know, probably always got his hair cut in this uh -huh. barber chair. And, you know, and and so he just decided, I'm going to just show up for my haircut. <laughs> well, and he had changed locations. And they say sometimes if you, like, change something associated with an object or, like, haunted houses, when you do renovations, it, it triggers something. So maybe he was popping up to be like, where am I? Where am I? <laughs> this so this was... Normal locale. <laughs> So you had borrowed them. Did you borrow them from an active barber shop, or did you borrow them from like an antiques place? Um, I borrowed them from a barber shop who had them in their basement storage. Okay, so, so they didn't use them regularly. They had not regularly. They had yeah. used. They had been used in the past, probably in that sure. barber shop. It probably had been a barber shop for years and years and yeah. years. You know? I was just wondering if they had any experiences, experiences or yeah. did you mention it to the people you bought it borrowed it from? no 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 that's amazing were you afraid yeah. they would think you had lost your marbles well i was more afraid of i was like my my co-workers are gonna think i've lost my oh. marbles you know <laughs> but so how many people did believe, you tell about it i the whole group okay the whole group <laughs> like a couple of them were like oh that's awesome you know and a couple of people yeah. like no, I didn't <laughs> see anything. I'm like, you have to believe. Yes. That's amazing. I was not expecting a full body. Yeah, That's and amazing. not like an opaque, like yeah. not see-through, really. Yeah, it wasn't like he was missing his feet or anything. And that was that's really interesting because that was connected to an object because a lot of theater related ghost stories, it's like the theater itself is haunted because right. that's such an emotionally charged place. Right. So it's amazing that you brought something from the outside into a theater and it still was yeah, still, still haunted. Yeah. That's a great story. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. And of I hope course. that you get back out on the road sooner rather than later with all this. Yeah. Well, let's hope we craziness. all get back to work soon. Yes. It's just a smile, though, that makes me go, mm. I know. I know. It makes me think of uh, Night of the Living Dummy. Oh my God. What, yeah, ama what an amazing, what an amazing. <laughs> First of all, what an amazing series. Oh, it's so stupid though. It was so I love stupid, it. but it was so good. Oh, but 
I've told you about my my nightmare series about ventriloquist dummies when I was a kid, right? No. So I don't remember exactly how old I was. I want to say I was like five. And I had a dream. And I know I had more than one dream about this because I remember there being two distinctly. But I remember think I remember the memory of there being more than that, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but the dream that I actually can remember, my brother got a ventriloquist dummy in the mail that looked a little like Howdy Doody. Absolutely not. I think it had a plaid shirt on. It looked a little like Howdy Doody and a little like... Look, we know. <laughs> plaid shirts are haunted. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> I saw that Amityville picture. Um, the, uh, I, well, who was the dummy in Pee Wee's Playhouse? Randy? Was Randy! It, Randy? it was Randy. Okay, Randy. Randy. So I, I didn't see Randy for years after this because it was too early. But like in my head now, it's sort of a cross between... Howdy Doody and Randy from Pee Wee's Playhouse. But, um, so my brother got this box in the mail and we didn't know who it was from, but it was like classic big doll box with like the, the cellophane window type thing that you look through. Absolutely not. He was really excited and he opened it up and the thing had an on and off switch. So he would switch it on when it was around him and it would talk and, you know, do things that like a doll would do. And it had things that would say and. Um, everybody loved it except me and I was terrified of it because he would switch it off and then he would go away and it would talk to me and it had the, it would have like big metal jaggedy teeth, like jaws in that bond movie. What? And then I think it was in the second dream, but maybe it was the first dream where like, okay, so my family did this thing where like on Saturday, we, we didn't eat at the table together every night, but on Saturdays we would eat together at the table and there was a dream in, in the dream Everybody was eating dinner together and I was still in the living room for some reason and the doll had switched itself on. It was knocking everything off of the table next to my mom's chair and was just looking at me like making eye contact and just sweeping it all off with his arm. (laughs) Like a cat. And I was, yes, like an asshole cat. And... And then, of course, I started yelling and the doll was in, in my, you know, mom came in and the doll was off. And I started crying because then I got in trouble for it. And this that was what the dream was. It was the doll doing shit and me getting in trouble for it. Because Randy Duty is an asshole. Yes. <laughs> and which is funny to me that these dreams predated uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse on Saturday morning cartoons. Oh, my God. <laughs> but I was so scared of ventriloquist dummies after this. It's funny to me now that the scariest thing that I could dream about like there were, yeah, there were the big teeth, but literally like I had probably just watched that James Bond movie with my family. More than likely. Cause that was like the big TV run. Right. Yeah. And, and we, my, my dad and my mom would watch movies after dinner on Saturday sometimes and they watch James Bond movies. So I probably had seen it. So that was like a feature in the dream. <laughs> but the main thing that scared me was the doll coming alive and doing things to get me in trouble. <laughs> digging at the carpet oh boo so wait wait Um, what about like chucky then chucky scared me okay i think as a sort of i can't remember when chucky came out but i think it was like it either scared me because it reminded me of the dream or the dream was influenced by chucky but it would have been about the same time because when did the original child's play come out oh that was like was it like 85 86 had to be and i know this because I had, I also had a dream that fucked me up and mm. it was, had to do with Chucky. Yeah. We were, we moved around a lot when I was a kid. So we moved from, I think we were moving from Charlotte to Williamsburg. Okay. 
or we were moving from Williamsburg to Montgomery, Alabama. Okay. But we stayed overnight in a Motel 8. And, you know, like back in the day at the Motel 8s where it's like free HBO, blah, blah, blah. Oh, God. Yeah. So my parents had their own room. And then my two older brothers and I, we had our own room. Okay. And they put on a scary movie. I am still trying to find this movie to this day. 1988. Oh, God. I feel old. I know. Me too. But, and I think this movie is one of the Howling movies, but I still haven't found it yet. But all I remember is that there was a woman. She ran to a bell tower. She started ringing the bell and the wolves were coming out. But as soon as the bell was ringing, they all started melting. And it was the most terrifying thing in the world to me because I'm like five, six at this point. And my brothers are like, nope, you got to watch this. And I'm like, oh, God damn it. Why do you hate me so much? No. And sometimes something like that, that's like so incongruous with like everything Mm -hmm. that you know, and like something just that freaky. Yes. Can be so much more terrifying than just like there's a ghost absolutely no i couldn't look at soup for the longest time you reminded me of this (laughs) so but i remember i went to sleep that night and i actually had a dream about not that movie Uh but about chucky and about jaws because my mom loved jaws like it would be her background movie for whenever we're cleaning and i'm like hi so i'm traumatized and she's like keep going wash the windows it's great but the main thing i remembered in this dream is that I was floating in the air. It was like I was swimming, but it was air swimming, I guess. And Chucky was coming behind me. Okay. He was chasing after me, but also like air swimming. But the thing was is that the faster I went, the the faster I went, the closer he got to me. But the slower I went, the more that like I could get away from him. Oh, weird. And this is always a thing in my head. So now whenever I watch the Child's Play movies, I'm just like, got to go slow. Got to go slow. Slow down. Mm -mm 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 Slow down. That's funny to me because that's a strategy for quick changes is like hurry up and slow down. Yep. Kind of thing. <laughs> okay. <gasps> what? Wait, hang on. I found a picture that I don't know if I should show you because it might trigger. Oh, God. Um, oh, God. Is it the soup? <laughs> it might be the soup. It's okay. soup wolves. Okay. Um, there are werewolves, which was followed by Coombs fully turning heel and transforming into a werewolf. Janice recalls the legend of the bell tower and tells Marie that trapping them in the bell tower and setting on fire is the only way. She urges Marie to leave while she stays behind to ring the bell to summon the werewolves. As she rings the bell, dozens of wolves come running toward the tower, including Richard and Eleanor. Marie goes outside and finds an unused vehicle. She shoves a trail of paper into the gas tank and then sets it on fire, pushes the vehicle down the incline toward the bell (gasps) Uh, vehicle explodes, building goes up in flame. She watches in horror as the werewolves burn to death. Now, what? can I show you this picture? Mm-hmm. Oh, that's it. Is it werewolf soup? It's werewolf okay, soup. That oh. is the Howling 4. Oh my God. That is the Howling 4. You the did original it. nightmare. Thanks, oh. Google. Thanks, Googs. Thanks, oh, Googs. God, I'm never going to go to sleep tonight. No, no, no. You just got to go home and watch something happy like over the garden wall and you'll be oh, good. <laughs> Also, speaking of things turning into other things, how have we not talked yet about how to sell a haunted house? How to sell a haunted house. Okay. If we ever decide, if we ever have more than like 100 downloads per episode Mm -hmm. and do a book corner. Yes. Not, I'm, I know my favorite murder has the corners. We're going to call it a snow globe. If we ever have a book review snow globe. Our nook. Our nook. A book review nook. A book nook. Um, if we ever have a book nook. Uh, yeah. How to Sell a Haunted House is going to be like number one. Absolutely. Grady Hendrix. So good. Is like 
I don't know. He's a genius. He He's one of my favorite authors. Yes. I can't. The way he writes is so clever. It's so funny. And it's so yeah. haunting. Yeah, because it like, it reads so easily. You feel like you're reading. It's got the same sort of like whimsical comedy sort of like woven in just to the text that, that like Terry Pratchett does in a yes. very different exactly format, like in a different genre entirely. But it's the yes. same sort of like, I'm telling you a story, but I'm going to put in this funny side thing that's going to have you like stopping, maybe peeing yourself a little bit and then just bit. continuing to read. And his most recent book, I think it's his most recent, it was released in 2020. One? Two, I think. Okay. I think it was supposed to be 2022. I think it might have come out in January of this year. Okay. Anyway, pending further research. Here nor there. His, his, his book, How to Sell a Haunted House, is a freaking masterpiece. It's so good. It's so good because it's scary. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's haunting. It's a, fa- it's a, it's a really well-written story about like family interactions. Yes. And like people dealing with death in a family and people that they've lost contact with and then their own immediate family that they've made elsewhere and then childhood trauma alongside a very real like fucking creepy paranormal thing that's going on. Yes. Also real estate. Which is (laughs) terrifying. terrifying. It's terrifying. You've been there. Oh, we've rented apartments in New York City. It's it's, a fucking nightmare. Yeah. That is a horror show. It's it's one of the, you feel like you're doing everything wrong all the time. It's great. Exactly. It's great. Oh, um, but the fact that it's going to be turned into a movie because I was uh, reading this thing. It, like, first of all, I would read this on the subways. I would only read it on the subways back and forth from work because I wanted to savor it for so long. Right. I knew I would read it in a night if I could. Yeah. And see, in contrast, I read it for the most part in the spa on a cruise ship as in the should. Caribbean. As you should. Over the course of like maybe two and a half days. And I, I love, I love that I binged it, but I definitely want to read it again. And this is like a 400 plus page book and it doesn't it doesn't feel like that because you get so invested in the characters you get so invested in what's going on and you get so invested in some of the backstories like the flashbacks i are the best parts of the book yes because the parts that like reveal the the sort of surprising things about the different characters as they Mm -hmm. happen are probably some of the most stunning parts of the book and they're beautifully written and they're so unexpected exactly that's the thing like he really he really like can disarm you sometimes (laughs) By like, the amount of times that I just made such an audible yeah. reaction on the subway. Like, I read yeah. this book at our local bar. Yeah. Shout out to LaKayla. Hey. I, uh, but also, like, on the subway itself, people uh-huh. would, like, reach out to me. Like, they would tap me on the shoulder and be like, what okay? are you reading? Yeah. Or are you okay? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm fine. Get out. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Which is the appropriate response to any human contact on the subway in New York City. Absolutely. But I just remember like reading this book and I don't want to give anything away in it, but the specific character in this book, how it was pictured in my head for a movie Mm -hmm. was so goddamn funny to me. Uh Like I could not stop thinking about him dancing around and I'm Uh just like, oh, oh God, Uh oh God, I love this. I love all of it. Yeah. But I have some some solid dream casting in mind for yes, this movie. Yes. Truly. But the fact that Sam Raimi is behind it. Ah, I know. I love it so I'm much. so in love with this. I, I want all of it. I'm so encouraged. Yeah, mm. I, I love that Sam Raimi's behind it. I cannot wait to see what they do. His other books, if you've never read, I feel like my, my best friend's exorcism 
was supposed to be turned into a movie. I don't it, know was if it was turned into it a was. movie. I haven't read the book. I've watched the movie. Oh, I have not watched the movie, but I've read the book twice. I didn't mind the movie. Okay. But there was an element of it that I was mm. missing. Like, okay. it just... Yeah. It was good, yeah. but it didn't have the heightened sensation that I wanted yeah. it to have. The book, the book is excellent. I liked it even more the second time okay. that I read it because it was another one that I read very quickly and then went back and read again because I I like to fully like just barrel through books right and then I tend to start right over again if it's the first time I read it and I mm. really love it I will just read it especially if I read it like I did with a How to Sell a Haunted House and read it in like two days I'll just read it again oh great not so gonna I don't have to give long. your book back yet no you do because I only read it once this damn time. it you got it shit um but my best friend's exorcism not only is it wonderful for the 80s nostalgia right which um, I did love oh it's good for talking about what happens when your friends stop talking to you in school there are like parts nice. where she talks about like her her friends are not talking to her anymore she's kind of an outcast all of a sudden mm-hmm. and it's so viscerally like yes. familiar <laughs> that yes. it's, it's it's really well done which and i like the way he writes about southern families yes that because, is a very particular thing yes but he's so on the nose with it at yeah. points that i'm just like oh did you delve into my family history yeah. like i will i will highly recommend for that reason the southern book club's guide to slaying vampires oh yeah i have heard about this i haven't read it but it's good okay. i feel like it's not as the structure of it feels a little different because it like peters out for a second and then you again, get back vampires. into it. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's fucking vampires. I feel like it has a, an extra special emphasis on like Southern families and what the mother's role in like a Southern family like so many decades ago. Right. Was like when I was growing up even in the 90s. It's like it's. The way he writes about families, mm-hmm. I really respond to. Yeah, because I was going to say, you're way more Southern than I am. So I guess. And yeah. I grew up in Texas, which I feel like I don't necessarily consider, like, true Southern. I feel like it's kind of its own thing, but it's also that very passive-aggressive nice. Yeah. Which is, there's more a Virginia lot of, and more yeah. North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which the biggest the difference that is that we like yeah. our cornbread not sweet. So, other than that, that... Yeah. is a travesty and i'm so sorry you can get you. the fuck out of my you house right now can go drink your bland ass <laughs> iced tea <laughs> okay let's roll into the last story because the last story is not very long okay and it's 10 o'clock so we're gonna yeah let's do one more uh i'm speaking with sarah waghorn up in ottawa canada you're still in ottawa right i am still in ottawa yeah Fantastic. safe and sound up here good Uh, So tell us a little about yourself. Give us a little resume rundown. All right. So I am a theater professional. I've been in the trade. Well, I graduated theater school in 2001. Oh, does that make 20 years? Just about. Wow. (laughs) Just about. All right. Sound like a grown up. Um, (laughs) I am originally from New Zealand. And one of my ghost stories is from New Zealand, actually. And one is Canadian. So I have international ghost stories. <laughs> you are very well traveled in a spooky way. <laughs> yeah. And both of them are connected to theater. So I am, uh, I do costume as well as um, props. I've moved into, into props as well. So Excellent. Yeah. Is that, is that recent? Is that since I, since I saw you, whatever that was? Well, yeah. So the last five years have okay. been more prop focused. And when I say prop focused, ironically, it's the orchestra. And a lot of the oh, okay. 
the bands coming through. So it's okay. not, it's not like Broadway props. Mm-hmm. It's like cheers and music stands. Perfect. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. It's kind of a nice other, it's, I don't know, it's nice to sort of broaden your, your career path a little bit. I find it's less boring. It that way. is. <laughs> and it's, and it's still all to do with people. Yeah. A lot of it, you know, face to face with people. So yeah. that's the part of theater I like. Fair. Yeah. No, that's, that's what makes it kind of unique is the interactions. Yes, very much. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to start? New Zealand or Canada? So I feel like Canada, the first, the first car crossing I had was in, was in Canada. So when I came here, I actually came as a nanny uh, because I was young. I was 21, qualified to do nothing else. Sure. (laughs) So to get myself out of the house, I joined the Amateur Cumberland Theatre Society. Um, they told local stories. So they had a, 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 a still a woman who, who loves writing and researching local stories. And so we would do those at the, the, the town hall was also a stage. You oh, know, sure. Yeah. Very quaint, uh, which was great fun. And then they were asked, Susan Fleming is the author's name. Susan was asked to write a play and do a, uh, not a murder mystery, because it was just the story, mm-hmm. but tell the story that we would then act out. Uh, actually, I was playing the role of stage manager. Okay. I was just good at telling people what to do. Uh, it would be acted out at a local living history museum. Oh, Wow. Cumberland Village Museum. Okay. Is that one of those places where it's like an old town and it's kind of set up in the same way and they have people in costume telling you about the town? There's one of those in Staten Island, but... Yeah. I I love, love Cumberland Village. So we would go out and all the buildings at the village were never there originally. They've all been moved there over a number of years. Uh, Instead of demolishing them, the city you know, a family could approach the city and say, you know, the house is going to be demolished. Do you want to pay to take it? Uh, and the city does. Literally so take it? one of Literally those houses yep. belonged to uh, a family where the girls had been murdered. But it, that escalated quickly. It did. Two little girls, I believe they were seven and nine years old. Oh, God. Um... So that house, this has actually reminded me of, of two little stories. So that house has very, is very spooky. Okay. Um, and it has dolls that sit on the ledge at the top of the stairs. Oh, absolutely See. not. See, dolls are always going to evoke that feeling, I think. <laughs> always. Always. And I don't know that these were those girls' dolls. Mm-hmm. The house would have come empty and, and the museum puts in pieces that they have. I... 100% for sure, and I'm not the only one who has seen the doll. Not seen the doll's heads move. Nope. But the doll's heads will be looking in a different direction. Absolutely not. You, you see them, and then you yeah. go downstairs to do something, and you come back, and the doll's heads are looking somewhere else. And you're like, oh, oh okay. Hi, girls. And I, I just always acknowledge the ghost. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. I'm always like, hi. Yes. Don't scare me. Bye. Yeah, bye. Um, okay, okay, okay. Wait one second. <laughs> Let's just talk about this. Yeah. Wait, why? Why? <laughs> why? I don't know, but like I had mentioned this, the town in Staten Island. So it's called Richmond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Richmond Village, Richmond Town, something. Um, 
There's literally a room in that with like a, a, a thing of dolls. Like she said, like on a ledge no. all the way around. Thing. I don't know what it is about these places. And there are like. But I feel like that was such an 80s things thing too. Because my mom had like porcelain dolls for me. Maybe sure. I got them from other relatives. I have who a porcelain to... doll in that closet over there. Why? Yeah. I'm getting the fuck out of here. It's Goodbye, okay. It's all taped up. Uh, it's fine. It's not getting out. Oh, good. So yeah. it's like an Annabelle situation. Great. Yeah, it's a little Fantastic. Bo Peep, but she's all she's all she's cool. restrained. Is she yeah. blessed? Like she's in there with a rainbow bright. I don't know. I she's not gonna win. I do kind of want the rainbow. Bright. <laughs> <laughs> Watch that be the haunted yeah. thing. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. But like no, like I had China dolls yeah. when I was a kid, and I was yep. like, these are fucking creepy. Like, yeah. Ma, what yep. are we doing here? No, anything that wasn't like a modern, not like I wanted a modern plastic dolls Mm -hmm. that i could change their clothes right that had like no yarn hair no like rosy cheeks i didn't want that fuck those cabbage patch kids i didn't want oh i did have one of those i did what was her name emily margaret mine was belinda lee i love that (laughs) we had the same middle name (laughs) (sighs) yeah fuck fuck dolls fuck dolls (laughs) go on sarah amen so, so that house is on the museum grounds. Mm. And the story we were telling was those girls' story. So I was the stage manager. It happens at dusk, and we tell the story with lanterns, like the characters walk around with lanterns. And, and it's, it is uh, the highlight of, of my year when we do them. So prior to this show, I was making sure everyone was in places, which is actually nowhere near the buildings. You're supposed to stand off to the side by the hedge. Your lantern is covered so the audience can't see the 20 or so cast. And then when we give the go, in a staggered way, the the actors take the cover off their lantern and walk across the grass. And so, and they each go to their, to their starting spot, usually each to a different house. So I go to everyone at places. Me, I'm at one end of the, the museum and my ASM's at the other end, down by, I don't know, he's down by the sewing, the little, the house that belonged to the seamstress. And I'm up by the Watson's garage, it's called. And in between those two buildings is the schoolhouse. Okay. And, and we're, Scott was his name, and we were walking toward each other. And I see a woman. And she's in the schoolhouse at the, at the door but I'm looking through the windows and he's looking through, Scott's looking through the windows from the other direction. And a woman in Victorian dress walks up the center of the schoolhouse. So I see her pass four windows. Uh huh. And I think for the love of Jesus, who is not at places? Of course. That's the first. I stage manager. Hat, right? yep. <laughs> yeah. Was she carrying a lantern too? She was not. Okay. She was just walking. Okay. And it would have been very dimly lit because it would have either just had a lantern on or just had, we, we didn't light things a lot. We lit it enough so the audience could see it, but not like okay. stage lighting. Right. I, so I go out to the schoolhouse and open the door and there's no one there. Uh-huh. And then in the meantime, Scott's come from the other direction. And I, and he said, who was that? Oh, he saw her too then. Okay. And then we're like, wait a second. We don't have, A, that's not our era. <laughs> we're not Victorian. I was going to ask, is Victorian right for what you guys were doing? Nope. Okay. <laughs> it took us a minute. <laughs> um, and 
our school teacher was a little old, you know, dumpy lady, you know, like it just, it didn't mix. Right. And so I said, but you saw her, right? And he was like, yeah, yeah. She had brown hair and her hair was, he's a guy. He didn't. Right. Didn't now he's not going to say Victorian dress. Yeah. 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 And he was like, yeah, yeah. Her hair was brown and her hair. Was, and I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Good. Noted. So, noted. <laughs> we never saw her again. Wow, really? It was, was one off. She just walked the, the entire length of that schoolhouse. And then, so, and it's not a story I've heard from museum staff. The, the museum staff will talk about the dolls. Okay, the, but they've the never house. seen somebody, a figure in the her. schoolhouse. No. Did you so. get a lot of people visiting the, the living museum and saying that they had seen things like the dolls or other things? The, the doll, you would have to be a frequent visitor to know about the doll, oh, you know, because, okay. yeah. and we were usually there in off hours as well. And we were also allowed in parts of the museum where the general public's not allowed. Okay. Yeah. So it wasn't like a, a terrifying experience. It was just kind of a, hmm, that was a yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, and also I'm not one to, I'm very logical. Sure. So I'm not one to be that. terrified. Yeah. And interestingly too, um, raised, raised Catholic and, and, you know, still uh -huh. we did church on zoom this morning, but I still do believe that there are some people who are, who their story is not finished. Sure. Something and about so them carries on. There's something about them that's either stuck here mm -hmm. and they need to try and finish their story or, or yes, they need to be here to carry on. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. Yeah. Because I know that there's the idea of residual hauntings and intelligent hauntings. Okay. And the residual ones are ones that like will relive a pattern that they did every day in life, or they'll just be there because they know they're supposed to be there. So a woman in a schoolhouse, just walking the length of the schoolhouse, not interacting with the space or the people or trying to accomplish anything is sounds more like a residual haunting where it's just like a matter of habit. It's like an energy that's just still there. Right. So yeah, it to me is like, it's almost reassuring because it, it, I mean, I guess in, you know, in the cases of all the, the movies you see where there's this like harmful presence or whatever, the idea is there that it could be somebody angry who's there to defend his space. But a lot of the stories that I hear from actual people, not in like works of fiction, it seems to be a very, kind of chill thing it's like yeah i hear footsteps on the stairs yeah yeah it's kind of nice yeah i feel like that's only true if you are around it long enough to get used to it right or can like ease into it because have you ever heard stories of somebody moving into a house and they're like yeah i heard little things but it was like adjusting to a new house it was like oh the stairs creak oh wait the stairs creak every night oh wait the stairs creak every night at the same time kind of like somebody's going down the stairs right. it's like you sort of evolve into a oh this is weird right <laughs> kind of thing as opposed to the scary version of and like what would be an intelligent haunting where it's amityville every day in no. the in the most fictional sense of what amityville Ugh. actually was where like something is actively trying to affect you right exactly in a negative way yeah Hmm. Which is so funny that's called an intelligent haunting. I know. I know. It's because, well, I feel like, I guess it would be the same if it was malicious or benevolent. If it was somebody who you could 
talked to who like somebody who like hid something from you and then returned it that to me would be like an intelligent haunting even though it's kind of a dick because like (laughs) you just really wanted your keys that day like those are the most of the hauntings that you're going to find on unsolved mysteries yeah yeah yes (laughs) and she was never heard from again charles why did you move the bread yes god damn it margaret i don't move your bread stop bugging me about it i'm i'm drinking oh my god anyway back to sarah which is ironic that you bring that up that that's oh, my yeah. second second story perfect actually segue. fast forward to theater school so and it's my last year 2001 and we are i i went to theater school in new zealand the theater school is built only in New Zealand in an old, um, it's, an old it's essentially an old barn, except we wouldn't call it that. We'd call it a sheep shed. Okay. Um, sure. and, and showgrounds. So part of New Zealand's farming culture is you, in the fall, I, I guess North America, you have a fear uh, oh so yeah, we were showing the animals. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yep. So, so the showgrounds. So it's still uh, very much a barn type structure. Sure. And the 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 underneath of the school is sort of the unfinished part of this showgrounds. Mm-hmm. So the show we're doing is called "The Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover." I have seen a movie by the same title. Yeah. Same story, I assume. Very graphic. Very Very graphic. (laughs) Super entertaining, though. Yeah. 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 So at this point, I'm a minion at at theater school, Mm -hmm. and I'm in wardrobe. And my my role in this is, and I cannot remember the, the character's name, but I have a quick change with her. But there was no way for me to get to my quick change spot. So I had to be there from the very beginning of the show. That sucks so hard. First of all, bless you all for yeah. your quick changes. That shit ain't easy. But it's fun. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I've done those. You're just camping out there. It's dark. Yep. There's nothing. You're yeah. just, and it was literally, you know, picture a, picture a large space. And then there's a weird kind of office. Okay. Built there for no particular reason. And I wasn't in the office. I was over here on on the side by the stairs. But also for some reason there were stairs that went up and over and back down again. Huh. I don't quite remember the full layout. Mm-hmm. But I know that there was an obstacle and then there were stairs coming down, yet it was an open space. Okay. Interesting. I'm not sure. Weird. So I would have my little my little setup under there with my quick change ready. And it was a very, very quick change. And it was also one of those quick changes where she came off hysterical. Oh, okay. But then she had to get herself together and go back on. Yeah. As if she hadn't just murdered somebody. I can't quite remember the (laughs) the scenario. Uh, So I remember for me, it was like quite a, and I'm a student, so it was like quite a, you know. (laughs) Yeah. A lot of tension. So I was waiting. And I would hear footsteps coming down these stairs. Uh-huh. And again, I'd be like, come on. You know, some professionalism. Like, 
If you're gonna come downstairs, come down quietly. Yeah. Come on, ghost. I love a student is like, we all do this as a student. Come on, be professional. Oh God, all of us did. What ass? I was definitely that person. Same. You guys. Guys, this is real theater. You know, that's why I would look. There's no one. It's weird. Maybe there was other stairs, but there weren't other stairs. So this did happen repeatedly every night at the same time. Okay, so it could have been something as part of the show, but that seems weird. So it no, stopping like, down the stairs. But because the because it was this giant space, I knew that all the acting was happening over and you know, right in the far corner, fifty right. meters away. Right. <laughs> that's so. That's eerie. Yeah, because you said the stairs just go up and then across and then come back down, right? Yeah. They just they don't go anywhere else. But they don't go anywhere else. There was no yeah. door for anyone to come from. Like it was very peculiar. I don't know if at some point there had been like a a place to look over from on top of it office maybe um so i remember saying to somebody this is weird like i keep hearing these footsteps but there's no one there uh-huh. um and they're consistent they're at the same time they sound the same you know mm. and eventually it, w- it didn't come out right away but eventually someone said that there had been a death back when it was showgrounds and and a working, uh, uh, you know, yeah. a working shipyard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so my suspicion is that it's somebody whose life was cut short. Yeah. Under circumstances that were not nice. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Whether an accident or whether or whether something else, I don't know. Right. But but um, potentially in yeah. that area, if he was focused on. If the footsteps are focused on the stairs, maybe that's where it happened. Exactly. Yeah. And did it yeah. ever, did it really alarm you or you were, you, your reaction was entirely, there is a show going on. What are these footsteps? <laughs> Cause you're yeah, a it was such a, it was such a work yeah. mode. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like when, when somebody drops, you know, the armful of costumes and all the hangers clang, you're like, yeah. Oh, come on. Yeah. Did everyone hear that? You know? Yes. Uh, so it was more that, yeah. but then when it continually happened, I was, then I was like, okay, so there's a, there's another spirit presence here, okay. not just me. So then I would just chat. Oh, very cool. <laughs> um, I okay. think it was a hymn. It sounded like yeah. manly steps. Okay. Coming so, up your steps. Yeah. Okay. So I would just sort of chat away and. Oh, that's kind of nice. At least that's yeah. a way to kill time while you're waiting for your quick change. Chat with the ghost. Yeah, why not? You know, <laughs> easy conversation to have if they don't talk back. That's great. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's kind of that's kind of a sweet story too. Like there's something, I don't know. There's something kind of eerie, but not threatening about it. Those are the ones that I would much rather experience. I think. Yeah, yeah, and and I there's there's sort of a part too where I think. I would love to know if if he if he does visit every day, and does everyone hear, yeah. or is not everyone aware and they don't hear, or was I a safe feeling presence for him to visit? Yeah. So those are all sorts of questions that you yeah. sort of wonder. Yeah. And you hadn't heard anybody else talk about uh, hearing no. footsteps or anything else in the building. No. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe. Maybe you got chosen for a brief period of time to 
just to share in his yeah. presence. Yeah. Kind of nice. Yeah. Well, thank you for your stories. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks, Sarah. You're great. I hope you're doing well. These were great. I loved all of these. They're good, right? They're yeah. short but sweet. Like yeah. all of them. Uh, that was that was three uh what am I call spooky spooky leftovers. Spooky leftovers. I like that. So thanks to Sean Hammy Hamilton and Vera Pizzarelli and Sarah Weckhorn. Beautiful jobs. It was lovely hearing the interviews again. I'm so sorry it took so long for them to see the light of day. <laughs> But it was worth it because they're good stories. But now is your time, friends. That's right. Mwah. We love it. Um, check out Grady Hendrix and his books. Definitely. That's this. Also, Sam Raimi, hire me. Oh, Hashtag, please, let me please. be your Lulu. Please hire this woman to be Lulu. <laughs> Holy crap, that would be. I'm going to hound him. Yes. I don't. I don't care what I yeah. have to do to find this man and be yeah. like, look. I'm your Lulu. <laughs> I'd help you, but I'm drunk. So, like, I can't imagine that that would look good. Like, listen, you just... Shh. She's going to be the best. She, she's Lulu, great. Lulu, she, actually, can you be my Lulu. agent? Like, I think this is a good tactic. Okay. Yes. You you want me to annoy them into casting you. Like, I just sit there. I'm on it. Yeah. Very quietly, and you're like, but guys, but guys, yeah. but guys. No, if we can get to the point where they will <laughs> cast like you in exchange for me going away, I think that's a win. <laughs> <laughs> very marvelous mrs mazel thing you know i like it i like I, it I, I learn from tv sometimes <laughs> when i bother to watch it all right we love you good day good day i said good day i said good day